When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to In Search Of. We're your hosts, Ashton and Sam. We're two accountants who binge podcasts by day and TV by night. Keep listening to find what you've been in search of. Sam. Hey, Ashton. What's up? Not much, but it's a big day (laughs) for the podcast. It is. It is. We released our first episode today. So I'm glad you pulled the trigger because I I was nervous. Yeah. And I'm still just as nervous as we sit here. But you're doing a good job promoting it. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Um, But yeah, we haven't seen each other in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. The last time we recorded was Halloween, and now we're a couple days from Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So it's been like a month, I guess. Okay. Well, um, good to be back. So today we've got Behind Her Eyes. It's our TV show. Yeah, that's our TV show. Then we have um, Who the Hell is Hamish. And then we have Have You Seen This Man? Season 2 mm-hmm. is the one I'll be talking about. So, um, okay, we'll start with the TV show. But if you don't want any spoilers, stop now because we're about to start the chit-chat. So, Behind Her Eyes, I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> and I was the complete opposite. I remember texting you and because you had finished it before I did. And you were like, I can't wait till you get to the end. And then I got to the end and I was like, oh my God, I hated this. Yeah, the ending, I just, I think why I loved the ending is because I just did not expect that to be the ending at all. So, I guess the premise is... Um, I don't even know how that it's a little like a what would you call it like sci not sci-fi mm-hmm. I was that sci-fi yeah. yeah yeah where I don't it's like a potion or something they did to they, take a, I know it they were like lucid dreaming which that, I understand yes. is a thing okay 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 but then they started projecting themselves into other people's bodies and so it was like a freaky friday type situation and he like projected himself into a girl's body and then she projected herself into someone else's body but it was actually him because he had projected himself first yes it was crazy yeah like and it was based on a book i think oh okay i didn't know is it one of reese witherspoon's no okay Mm, i don't think so okay i just feel like anytime there's a tv show based on a book it's hers (laughs) it's her pick (laughs) yeah yeah but so i mean i i liked it up until the end because it was sort of like a psychological drama and it was like relationships you could tell it was strained and like something weird was going on and something was gonna like happen at the end and then what happened in the end was all this weird like body switching I don't know I just I think it it just I felt like so sad for the son when yeah yeah, yeah. I was like that poor kid like doesn't even know that's his like that's not his mom but the boy the 
the um the guy who takes over all the bodies he was evil like so evil he just kept wiping everybody out yeah it was kind of creepy when they were in like the mental institution and they were in their like white yeah things and they were that's when i think they learned to lucid dream i think yeah which i actually did in college i did a informative speech on lucid dreaming really yeah that was what i chose to do wow i didn't yeah i don't i don't know that much about lucid dreaming but i definitely loved the the tv show just like kept me i just had no idea what the heck was going on uh so yeah i i really liked it sam was like okay (laughs) what the heck was this I, i felt like it was so slow until the end and then I didn't like the end yeah so I was like well what was the point I was I was let down but yeah but I think overall it was a it was a good one it was a good Netflix binge um and I I feel like I can't talk too much like about I felt like only murders in the building I could talk more about just because Mm -hmm. it was more like straight to the point like you said this show was like all over the place Mm -hmm kind of slow like you didn't really know what was happening but I think from start to finish it it wasn't bad (laughs) I think it was (laughs) Ashton would recommend I would not so we have to give it a five out of ten because I give it like a zero and you give it a ten yeah yeah I don't know I just I I was I was so I just I think the ending I I yeah I didn't expect it and you were like what the heck so yeah, all of these, these aren't always going to be um, 10 out of 10s, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll be honest. We, we don't agree on everything. No. I mean, close. We're pretty close. But, yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, w- I say give it a shot. Sam says no. Yeah, I think it's a waste of your time. But, uh, I, I appreciate think- you still talking about it with me. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think we agree on the podcast, though. Yes, yes. They're both really good podcasts. I'm going to let you go first okay. this time. I'll go first this time. Okay. So mine is Who the Hell is Hamish? And it was put out by The Australian, which is newspaper. Uh, so I really love their accents. Everybody has an Australian accent in this. And it was put out in 2019. And it's 10 episodes. So it's about... Hamish McLaren, which he has like 10 different names by the end of the show. But um, in like the 1990s, he began just stealing and committing fraud. And he had like a dozen or so victims that kind of like extended beyond like the direct people. And um, he probably ended up stealing like tens of millions of dollars and the episodes kind of go through a couple of his like girlfriends and his ex-wife and then they talk to just a couple of other victims but what I found most interesting in the story was there's kind of like mini stories in between his big story and like how he affected like different people's lives and the one story that I think a lot of people probably um connected to I guess the most was they call her Jane um so his wife Beck Rosen um he married her in like 2000 something and 
she had a son named Jack and he was 15 and Jack had a girlfriend and they call her Jane. That's not her real name, but just to protect her privacy, they called her Jane. And Hamish was married to Beck at the time and he kind of started acting predatorial towards Jane and like Beck would say that, you know, they would all be uh, together and Jane would be in like short shorts and like tank top or something and just like hanging out relaxing very casual and Hamish would like flick his towel like against her butt and stuff and just like very like she was 16 and he was like 50 Mm -hmm. and so just really inappropriate behavior and Jane was like the star of her like high school class like she was very smart and Hamish told her that he could get her a scholarship for an internship at Princeton and um so I mean like if someone told me that I could get into Princeton I'd be like oh my god and like we live here so like if someone in like Australia was like you could get into Princeton in like the U.S. like I'd be like oh my god yeah I'll do whatever so he took her on a trip. He like quote unquote chaperoned her to New York. Um, and that kind of sparked this relationship. Not that Jane was really that interested in like a romantic relationship. I think she thought that he was going to like connect her to, you know, college and all this stuff. And so she just kind of went along with it because of that. Um, but Hamish was like into it as like a romantic relationship. And meanwhile, Beck kind of knew all of this was going on, was getting bad, bad vibes and said to Hamish, like, if you leave with Jane on this trip, like we're ending our relationship. And he left anyway. And he told Jane to lie to Beck and he was going to lie to her. And he was like, you have to stick with the story. This is what you say whenever she asks about it. And Jane went along and she lied. And, um, Hamish called Jane's stepdad and asked if he could marry her. And Jane's stepdad was like, okay, well, first of all, she's like, less than half your age and second of all like you're married to Beck no and so that's how Beck realized like yeah he actually is like trying to have a relationship with her so anyway they divorced but Jane's grandparents also got involved with Hamish because he convinced them to invest with him and just he had like pyramid schemes of investing so he would get people's money and in order to provide like a fake return on their investment, he would have to have someone else invest. And like, that's just how they work, pyramid schemes. So he ended up, I don't think it was quite a million, but it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars that he ended up stealing from uh, her grandparents. And when the story is first told, they, you know, say Jane, you know, we reached out, but she doesn't want to speak to the podcast. And I mean, I understand that she was like really young and she probably doesn't know what to say and she feels bad. But a couple episodes later, they end up releasing a full interview with Jane and she decides that she does want to speak. And 
it's like it's one of the longer episodes I think the interview with her and you just feel so bad like you can tell how awful she feels and just like how bad she feels about like getting her grandparents involved and like none of the money has ever been returned back to any of these victims they don't even know where it is um and so I, I don't know. I think it's just very touching to kind of hear from her and you just feel so bad for her. And you were like, you were 16 and you were trying to go to college, like, but, and she blames herself and you're like, no, like, don't blame yourself. You just want to like give her a hug. Um, but anyway, he was sentenced um, in 2020 and they went through like they read off like every victim and how much he stole from them and what the sentence would have been for like each victim individually. And it would have added up to over 70 years. But I guess like the maximum sentence was, I don't know, it was like 60 years. So it, I mean, it was less, but still, I mean, he'll probably spend the rest of his life in jail, but it's just crazy how it can get that far and like it can build up that much because you think like, how can someone do it over and over and over again? And like all of these people realized he wasn't who he said he was. And like he had told Beck that his father had like murdered his mother or something and then he told another girlfriend that he was on an airplane with his parents and it crashed and his parents died but he lived and like his parents are both alive and well they're living and it's just like it's crazy the lies and how he made it as far as he did but I mean I think it's a really good podcast I mean I think I found it because I felt like I had listened to like everything there was and then I was like oh well there's other countries to branch out to yeah I'll go to um what is uh Canada they have like a CBC CBC yeah I'll like go venture out to the CBC and then um I think there's like two Australian ones I've listened to that one and then yeah teacher's pet where she was like the wife was killed or whatever yeah yes I was almost for a second I almost got those stories confused Mm -hmm. but then I when you brought up the the Jane I remembered that where Mm -hmm. it's like all these crazy stories of fraud and you know manipulation and like getting all these people to invest in him and then there's like this side story of Jane yeah I told I totally forgot about um Jane but it's funny that you mentioned the Australian accent because that was um like another when I listened to podcasts like the people hosting the podcast like their voice is like one a big like factor yeah and I say that and you and I have talked about how we hate our voices so hopefully people will listen yeah even though our voices are not that um cool but yeah and I say something about that in my review of um my podcast but yeah like the Australian accent it could have been like a horrible story and I probably still would have like sat there and listened through all the episodes yeah and some of it I mean some of it was like over my head they got into a little bit of like investment and like trading and like stock market stuff and I was like I don't remember this much from like econ in college so I was like I don't even I don't know what they're talking about but that is why I really liked like kind of the personal stories that they put into it and how it really like affected people and just beyond the oh the money and the 
fraud and the he wrote his name on a securities thing and I was I don't know what that, that Did, is. was there any like big differences between like how because it it's I feel like our stories are very similar it's just like one is in Australia and one is in the U.S. and so mm-hmm. I feel like you and I kind of know how things go down here in the U.S. but mm-hmm. was there anything like big like major differences with how they handled the crime he committed in Australia no No. okay Mm -mm. I I know sometimes there's like they handle things differently like I know and um is it the UK where is it your I don't know where it is but they can hold you if they think you're um what's the word I'm looking for if they think you're like like a a suspect they can hold you for so many hours like I think 48 hours like to flight like risk yeah like to get evidence um but if they don't get the evidence in 48 hours they have to let you go yeah so, which I think is interesting but yeah there's just always those little things where you're like oh but I didn't know if they handled it any different over yeah, there and I don't know because this is um it's less, you know, it's not like a physical, like violent crime. And so I think it's a lot of like tracing bank accounts and like monies and signatures on things and stuff like that. So I think it's a, it's a little bit different in that way too. But yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, no, that I really did like that podcast. Um, it was, well, one, I, I couldn't get past the name Hamish. Hamish. <laughs> like, yeah. That might be a popular name in Australia, but no, it, he ended on the the last name he had was Max Tavita. Okay, but he went. He, I was, I looked it up online. I won't read you all of his names, but um, there was okay. Maybe I will since I have it <laughs> okay. handy. He was born Hamish Watson. Okay, also, so that was his real name. Yeah. Also known as Hamish Earl McLaren, Hamish Philip McLaren, Hamish Philip Watson, Hamish Maxwell, and Max Tavita. I okay. don't know where he got Max Tavita because he was go- sticking with Hamish for a long yeah. time, and then he did a one eighty. But yeah, well, uh, yeah, that was a that was a good podcast. I yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, it's definitely interesting. It's a good one to like put on. You don't have to like listen to every single detail. I feel like you know you can get the story, yeah. but. Um, yeah, and it's there's no violence. So if you're, I think today the podcasts we have are more like fraud based, and so there's really no. I don't have any violence. You don't mm-hmm. have any violence. I would say behind our eyes there is a little bit of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, Some arson. <laughs> yeah, but Sam doesn't recommend it. So you're good if you don't if you're not in the mood for that. Um, but yeah, that was that was a that was a good one. So, okay. Well, and I, I didn't even realize like how similar our stories Mm -hmm. are. I mean, when we first said that we were going to do these two, I thought, okay, they both like involve fraud. But, um, after hearing you talk about that, I was like, oh, there's a lot of similarities from like the investing and nonviolent, but still like terrible things Mm -hmm. that were done. So, my podcast is Have You Seen This Man? And it's season two. There is a season one. And I listened to it, but honestly, I couldn't even really tell you what it was about. I don't remember. Did you listen to season one? I did. And I f- think it was, was it the man who killed the girl at the it was a, laundromat? Was it like in the 80s or something like that? Yeah. Like back in the day? Yeah. 
I don't know. And then, yeah, because he w- went to jail and they went out on a community service type thing and he just bailed. He, he left. Yeah, he escaped. At yes, a mall. He yes, went to yes. a mall. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Man, things were weird back then. I know. Can you imagine letting yeah. a convicted, convicted felon, like not even one for like drugs, like so he like murdered a girl yes. and then he was brought to a mall and he just. Yeah, that out. actually that was a pretty crazy story. Now I remember. Yeah. Okay. So this is season two. Uh, this episode, I mean, this uh, season was released in August of 2021. So like pretty recent. And it's hosted by ABC News, which I, it like surprises me all the time when I just see these like normal networks like have podcasts. But I mean, why not? Um, okay, so the, the host, I don't know. I've never like heard of these hosts, but they their names are Matthew Mosk and Sonny Hostin, I believe. And uh they have like the best voices ever and I don't know if you thought that but I just thought like I found the guy's voice like really soothe not soothing but just like such a great like um you I mean they work for ABC News so I guess it makes sense and then Sunny would like hop in every once in a while and like her voice was amazing Mm so that's like always a big factor like I said earlier is if it they've got some good voices I'm like super into it but this is another story that kind of starts um, around the 90s. I, we, I feel like I keep choosing, like, it was around, like, 1993. I keep choosing these, like, 1990s stories. I don't know why. But uh, so it has to do with a guy named John Rufo. And I was, as I was listening to the story, I was, like, just thinking about how, um, you know, we listen to these these true crime and these awful things, like, these awful murders and how they take place and like you know there's stabbing involved there's a shooting I don't know just like all the physical things that happen in a murder and then this story like none of there was no violence but what he did I just found it to be so like gut-wrenching and I'll talk about it more but it just made me realize that like you can still do a lot of bad things not with like physical harm so um john rufo he um committed bank fraud he stole like 350 million dollars and that was like in the 90s so i mean i don't know what the difference is but that's still a lot of money one way or another um and he and i'll kind of explain their scam because it was it's crazy how like easily they just did it and made it work and kind of how like you said like it's just amazing how people just buy into these things um and theirs was like actually like pretty legit it was not like word of mouth like I guess Hamish was doing it but John Rufo and um a guy that he met who used to work for Philip Morris which is like the cigarette company um so John Rufo had like his own company I think where he would like find or like lease computer equipment and it's so funny when I think of that I think of like lease schedules station <laughs> yeah I like go straight my accounting brain I'm like hmm where's my excel spreadsheet and my lease schedule so anyways uh that's so boring I can't believe I just said that so John Rufo and Edward Edward Reiner um so he met him through his company where he would lease them um lease Philip Morris like computers well Ed- Edward got Uh, laid off from Philip Morris and he came to um, Rufo and like had this idea to um, say they had this like top secret project where 
they would go to banks and um, say that they what they were going to do like smokeless cigarettes, which I thought was so funny because I'm like, don't we have those now? Yeah, like vaping. Yeah, basically. yeah. I was like, did were they on to something or was that kind of always in the works? I don't know. But um, him and Reiner were going to go to banks and say they had these like secret projects, like it was top secret. You couldn't say anything. And I guess this was like kind of normal, like with Philip Morris and their, you know, they they're not like the most popular company. And um, John Rufo was going to like have the provide the like computer equipment. And so in order to do this for this like secret project, they were going to need loans from the bank. Um, and they called this secret project Project Star. So this was like, I think, started in like 1992 or 93. Um, and so they they did all this crazy stuff. Like they, um, back then, I guess you just needed like a formal letter with like the letterhead. So they got a hold of like the Phyllis, Philip Morris, Morris letterhead, which like to me thinking now, like, how we deal with our clients and how they get loans. I'm like, what? How, y'all just needed a piece of paper? Yeah, like we could Google a picture and make yes. like a Word document and be like, make a loan to yes, me. Yes, I know. And so they had the letterhead from Philip Morris. And then I think this is so funny. To get the like signature, they um, called the secretary and told her she won some like prize on a radio contest. And that's how they got their signature. And it almost makes you think like these guys... Like, what they did was not that crazy, but I guess they were just in a position of power to where they could get away with this. But, like, their plan was, like, pretty simple, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was, like, not very sophisticated. It almost sounds like a like a sitcom show. Yes. Like a, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so they, so their first payment they got from one of the banks was $25 million, which is, like, a lot of money and um what I think was pretty smart though of like all of this they were not they weren't dummies the money they would take they would invest in the stock market and so like they were still making their loan payments and all of that stuff um and yeah they I mean they made a lot of money and so um Rufo was like super big into trading and I say that now because I like want to mention it later um which I thought was just an interesting point someone made later but in 1996 they got like tipped off and um Reiner and another co-worker like who worked for Rufo who pretended to be the secretary which I don't even know why she went in on it like he was like I need you to pretend to be somebody and go meet these bankers and I'm like girlfriend why would you ever agree to do something but she like trusted him yeah why wouldn't you ask like why what am I doing it was crazy. So they go and meet up with these bankers. The bankers had tipped them off, like tipped the FBI off and they were wired. Well, when um, Reiner and the coworker like walked out of the building, they were immediately arrested. So this is kind of where like everything um, was the downfall of Project Star. So um, Rufo was supposed to go to prison. Like, and there's so many things in the story where I'm just like, really? Like, really? How? I don't know. Rufo was supposed to go to prison. He got sentenced um, to like 17 years and they don't do this anymore, but they let, they let him go and they were like, you can come back and check in for your date for when you're supposed to go to prison. Yeah. I'm like, you guys let him go, but I don't, I don't know. They let him go. He goes to like check in and he takes his ankle monitor off and then he leaves and 
I remember somebody like one of the U.S. Marshals or somebody was like, you just let the guy leave and they don't do that anymore now I, I, I heard somewhere where they said you know you can't just like turn in your ankle monitor and then uh, there, there's more of like a actual process obviously um so he leaves and he's I think rented a car he um has like a backpack and he stops at the ATM and that's like the last known image they have of him and then he gets in his car um and they find the car at the airport. And so this was in 1998. And he um, hasn't been seen since, or as far as I know, he hasn't been seen since. And another crazy fact about this whole thing was, and this is kind of where like the gut-wrenching of like how evil someone can be without physically being harmful is, he put up his, so like if he didn't come in, he put up his six homes for collateral and they included like his mom's, his wife, like him and his wife's home and his in-laws and like some other people. So he didn't show up. So they took all those homes and his niece speaks on the podcast and she's like, yeah, it was just chaos. Like my grandparents were crying. Like we were all like had nowhere to go and it's just horrible. And like, yeah to do that to your mom, your wife, your in-laws like that. I mean, like his mom was like this little old lady and she had like given him money to help. And I don't know that to me was just, it's awful. Like to do that for your own freedom, to take away that kind of stuff from them. Um, so yeah, he left a note and it was a little vague. So like his wife got back home and saw this note and they, weren't sure he I think he tried to kind of make it look like he might have committed suicide but um a doctor from he's like the chief psychologist of the U.S. Marshals which I was like damn that's you like pretty smart like to be it's the psychologist of psychologists <laughs> yeah yeah so he was like no this guy's like too much of a narcissist to commit suicide like he which I thought was such a good point because um he, he is like everything he's done up to this point is like total like narcissistic things and um it just the whole story is very odd you know he has no he had no criminal record he was married he owned a business but one thing that I wanted to say about the investing was that this guy Rufo like someone said you know he they feel like eventually he will be caught because he was so into investing that like they're like watch the stock markets like if you see somebody with a lot of money like he's all about the risk like taking that risk um like sticking to your own habits you know like we all have habits and so it was like what what are his habits and you and they and they go through the episodes of like talking about these things like okay you know um what are his habits what was he into there was a lot of talk about like him going to Italy so they go and talk to like a barber and they go talk to these different people um and it's just it's so interesting to me that someone's been just missing off the face of the earth for that long and it and there's really no evidence to point that like he's not alive I mean I guess there's the note but the chief psychologist says like no this does yeah, not look like a suicide note, note. yeah they said he didn't like apologize yeah they usually yeah like there was a few yeah. points that he goes through and um yeah it 
it it's so crazy to me that he's just been gone off the face of the earth for this long but they said you know there was a lot of things like this wasn't an impulsive decision like he had, was doing this over a long period of time um but it's just so crazy that he left his wife and his mom you know like even his wife was like I couldn't have left my like I would have gone with him if she, I, now looking back she's like yeah I would have gone with him but I would have had to come back to my mom um so yeah it's just an insane story but there have been like I guess sightings like none that have been like that I thought the one at the baseball game that, was kind of interesting. If that's definitely like the most interesting. But I was thinking if you were on the run, you wouldn't plant yourself right behind where a television is going to be like fixed on your face. Yeah. So they literally were watching like a Dodgers game in 2016, I think. And they saw this guy like right behind the, I don't know anything about pitchers baseball. Pitcher's mound. Okay. Yeah. Pitcher's the, mound. Yeah. Yeah. And they like zoom in and they think it's him. And then they go on this. They have this literally an episode where they talk about trying to find who has that ticket. Apparently, that's a lot harder than I thought it was because one, those tickets are super expensive. But it was like these people who, you know, got the ticket, but then would give it to someone else and give it, you know, and like companies bought tickets and gave them to people and they got transferred who transferred who transferred who transferred yes and so I don't even I still don't think they know who had that seat um but I I like this story because it's so recent too like yeah it happened in the 90s but they're still looking for him today they had the sighting you know they don't know if it was him but in 2016 um so you think like maybe I could find him (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm out there looking for you rupo um and i i love their descriptions of him because you know you and i both worked like in a corporate setting where you have the it guy who like comes and helps you with your computer and i could just so imagine that guy uh yeah it just was so easy for me to imagine this person but for him to do what he did and how he's still missing it just baffles me yeah i always think missing people missing in the sense that like they've made themselves missing on purpose is wild to me because the amount of people that you had to have seen in the process of going missing and like wherever you are it's just I, I can't like imagine it yeah and I don't and maybe it's we hear of like more unsuccessful stories of people well duh because if you're missing they can't they yeah. don't have anything to say <laughs> but yeah it's I feel like I hear the the unsuccessful stories more often and that is because if you're found they're going to talk about it but yeah. yeah this one this is a story where there's not like an ending but it was still I think was a really good um podcast to listen to it's six episodes so it's pretty easy to get into and they definitely I mean the ending is definitely open ending because they don't know where he is uh but yeah I just I thought it was a really yeah, interesting story I would recommend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so that's our podcast um yeah I would like I liked those a lot I liked how they were so similar but then yet you know happened in two different parts of the world mm-hmm. and had one guy you know was like in everybody's faces and caught and is spending the rest of his life in jail and the other one was like sneaky and sly and yeah still hasn't been found on the run yeah okay cool 
So now we're going to do, um, I guess. Products. Yeah. So mine is not a product. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it's kind of still on the theme of our general podcast. I watched the other day, which I don't usually watch like 2020 or Dateline like I have occasionally. But I watched on Friday. They had the Turpin sisters. And this was in 2000. It was four years ago um, when the story really broke. So these two girls that were interviewed with Diane Sawyer on this episode were two of 13 children who were um, abused and not neglected, but abused by their parents. They lived in California at the time and the the oldest girl was on the show and then her 17 year old sister at the time so they're currently 29 and 21 um but four years ago the 17 year old girl crawled out the window at like 5 40 in the morning of her parents house and these kids had never they were not in the public. Like they had almost never been outside. They did not go I to school. I think I know the story. Yes. The wind- crawling out the window. I think, okay. Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. And so she's like wandering down the street in the middle of the road because she doesn't know that you're supposed to walk on the sidewalk because they don't go outside of their home. And she has taken her brother's cell phone and she calls 911 and the operator answers and she's like, hi, um, I just ran away from home because I'm trying to like help me and my siblings. And so the operator is like asking the typical questions. And one of the things she says is, um, are you taking any medication? And the girl's like, what's medication? And she's 17. And she said, like, like when you're sick, do you take anything? And she said, oh, well, I mean, sometimes we take Robitussin if we have a cold. But no, I'm not. And so the operator says, okay, well, I'm going to get a deputy out there. And they talked to the deputy a little bit and he was, it was the end of his shift and he gets, you know, runaway calls a lot. And he's like, it's typically, we just pick up the kid and bring them back home and explain to the parents like they were trying to run away. And that's that. Um, but he, he sees this girl and he's, says that she does not look 17. She looks much younger. She's very thin and her speech is, she talks in a weird cadence and he asks her if she has injuries and she says, what's injuries? Like, are you hurt? And she says, no, I'm not hurt, but my my two sisters, they're chained up right now. And he was like, chained up? Why are they chained up? And he said, well, because they stole from mommy. And well, But really, they only stole because they were hungry. And he said, do you have evidence of this? And she said, yes, yes, I do. And she had taken pictures on the cell phone because her older sister told her to that like you would need proof to show someone if you get out. So he puts her in his car and he calls for backup. And like an hour and a half later, they drive to the girl's house and they break in. And I mean, the place was an absolute disaster and the parents blamed it on they were moving to Oklahoma I think the next day and um the parents say that that's why their place is a mess but I mean like the kids had not been bathed in years um they spent most of their days like chained their ankles and their wrists to their beds 
Um, they were fed like a slice of bread and peanut butter like a day, but at the same time had to serve their parents like actual meals. And um, the police said that if they had moved, they like some of the kids probably would have died in the process. So they take all the kids into custody. And so the girls are now four years later speaking out and like telling the story. And I mean, it's really sad because even with like donations and funds and stuff that a lot of the kids are living in like crime ridden neighborhoods and are still not doing well. Um, but it it was interesting. And the, the reason why the girl wanted to, leave was because she saw Justin Bieber videos and on the cell phone on her brother's cell phone and um I don't know if it was music videos or like interviews with him but she was like wow there's a life out there and people are happy and people are nice and you can have fun and so it was like he inspired her and I was like you should like donate to them because they they really need it but it was a really like I mean, heartbreaking story, but really interesting. And it's crazy to think that there are people like living like that, that you, you don't, you literally don't know because you've never met them, but there was a boy who was in. So the oldest girl went to school until third grade, but then people started noticing like she was probably being abused, neglected. So they pulled her out of school and then none of the rest of the kids ever went. But after the story broke, um, a classmate of that girl wrote like a really long Instagram post and he was like, I feel so guilty and so ashamed because she was the girl that no one wanted to talk to and she smelled and people made fun of her and he was like, be nice to the Jennifers of the world because you don't know what's going on and if you can get them to talk to you, like you could be saving their life. But yeah. Yeah, I remember that story. I didn't realize there was a 2020 where the kids, so the kids are talking on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the girl who climbed out the window and then her oldest sister who encouraged her to do it. So those two. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, that kid made a good point. Like, you never know, like, what people are going through. So always always be nice yeah I liked that that's a good recommendation it is yeah and I I mean I'm sure there's podcasts or yeah, oh, like yeah, other there's gotta specials be. yeah on the story but mm-hmm. well mine is not um mine's a little more vain it's not as <laughs> it's practical <laughs> yeah so we uh, just today we released the, our first podcast and so I uh had used I guess I keep wanting to say audio chuck, but it's that's that's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast network. This is Anchor is an app, I guess a website too, where you can upload your podcast and they make it so easy. Like I don't know anything about any any of this stuff. I'm just talking into a mic, um, and I just we plug some things in and somehow get it to work. Call your husband. <laughs> yeah, FaceTime Jake every single time. But Anchor has made it like super easy to upload the podcast. So sponsor us, Anchor, and get us an advertisement. Yeah, a free promotion. <laughs> yeah. So I really liked that, and that was super easy to use. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast, it's not as scary. Honestly, the scariest part is speaking into a mic when you're being recorded. I don't know why, but literally Sam and I can sit here and talk, and then as soon as I hit the little red button, we get so nervous. I don't know why. 
So yeah, Anchor has made that very easy. And then another thing I used today was, I think it's called like Wave Podcast. So it's like W-A-V-B-E. And they make it where you can um, create a little like Instagram post and have uh, an image. So say like you want to show your podcast picture your name of your podcast and maybe the title of the episode and then like a little blurb of like a sneak peek or sneak preview of like your episode that I never thought I would be able to do something like that but they again they make it so easy like I feel like there's these websites now where you can just like pop and like anchors free this wave is free like it's just yeah so if you're um interested at all in putting together a podcast these are some websites that we've used that I've really liked yeah and it's like not like a static post and like there's sound and like you can kind of get previews so when other people are like scrolling it like prompts them to kind of spend a second yeah looking at it or listening so yeah so that that's my um I guess product recommendation but and then we don't well, okay, I do have um, something for the good because okay. I got one recommendation when we did our post. Did you get responses? No, I did get someone who promised at a future date to get okay. one. She said, okay. I don't have one off the top of my head, but I will give <laughs> you one. We're so cool. We put up Instagram and don't get any responses. And a single person <laughs> gave us something. Look, and it's my sister-in-law. So yeah, it's not even like... Obligation. Yeah. But um, so my sister-in-law... She's going to be so happy that I did this, but she, um, works at ULL, which is a college in Lafayette, Louisiana. So do you even, have you heard of Lafayette? Yes. Oh, wow. You have. Okay. So Lafayette is like an hour from Baton Rouge. Um, and she is the program director there for their life program. And so what they do is, um, kids with special needs, um, they have a college program. And so they go from high school into college and they learn life skills and they do all sorts of things. And it's just, it's such an incredible, like they live in the dorm on campus um and so I think it's just a great opportunity I think that's so cool that they're starting to do stuff like that yeah that's awesome yeah so I'm just plugging her uh UL life program so if you are needing somewhere to donate and you're just wanting to do something good that's a great great program um if you know of anyone who's looking for something like that Lafayette is a really cool city and that um and she's the director of it so nice you know 10 out of 10 for UL life program but yeah so that was my that's my something good and again in the future if you have something good that you want to send to us we'll talk about it um and maybe we'll get more yeah my good thing is that this week is a two-day week oh thank god so It's uh, probably not Thanksgiving when you're listening to this, No, but it is a couple days away for us and we are very much appreciative. We are thankful for a two day week, (laughs) work week. (laughs) Yeah, we are very thankful for that. Um, Okay. Well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else? Nope. Until next time. All right. Bye, Sam. Bye,
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.